Hey, 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 what's the rush? I want to go in and meet your friends. Oh, oh, my friends, they're, uh, they're shy. They don't really want to meet you. Well, they don't look so shy to me. Hi! <laughs> Welcome back to Quaid in Full, the podcast with all the fox to give about actor Dennis Quaid. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I'm here with the boy who cried cocaine, Jeb Lund. Hi, Jeb! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Oh, well, you, you all right? I, I don't have any helium. That's the best I can do. I feel like uh, I heard a polyp forming, and I I salute your uh, salute your effort. So today we're talking about um, the title that ate Pittsburgh, aka Sesame Street Kids Guide to Life: Telling the Truth. This is a thing that happened on DVD and is Elmo heavy. So if you are a uh, traumatized parent who's like, I'm sure it's fine. It's not as bad as Caillou. It's pretty bad. We don't have a ton of Elmo clips, but if you want to just like peace out and then come back next time for gang related, we get it. (laughs) Before I get into the plot summary, do we have any pod business? I uh, I don't think so. I think uh, I think the Denisons maybe thought it got COVID and it was immune to it. <laughs> it's uh, like I'm I'm waiting for signs of life, but I'm beginning to suspect that he is not the busiest in the biz. Yeah, yeah you know who it is. Yeah, it's Dennis Quaid. Uh, oh God! I mean, I still have not listened to. I still have not embarked upon seconds 26 through 60 of the Denissance, <laughs> and we're approaching the one-year anniversary as we're recording this of the last time he tried to tell Dr. Fauci some shit, and uh, according to our esteemed colleague, Tari Ariano, he failed. I haven't found out. Have you? No, I, she did. Honestly, I didn't want to disrespect the work that she put into it by second-guessing her, you know? I I agree, and I'm so glad that you've come up with that rationalization that we can use forever. It would dishonor her legacy. It would dishonor Tara, who we're talking about like she's dead. She's not dead. It's She would have wanted us not to listen to the tennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Th- thoughts and prayers. Well, that's what immunized the Denisons to, uh, I guess, uh, popularity. <laughs> I Look, whatever the alchemy is of Tara listening to it and him not doing it anymore and are continuing not to listen to it, I don't want to fuck with it. Do you? No, don't mess with success. Yeah. Just let's not bring the, what is the Dennis Quaid Maloik? The Denoik? I don't know. What's a Maloik? I Maloik. Mean, I'm just, uh, I'm gonna, the I'm Maloik. Gonna... The Maloik. The evil eye. Oh, okay um th- this is not a european folktale thing i've thought to you know import to the the quaid experience um like obviously you know lycanthropy sure but <laughs> this is a new one the maleghorn i could do that yeah okay I, I like it let's just pin that let's put that on the crazy wall and then we'll we'll get back to it all right here's the plot summary do you feel ready i am okay When everyone at the daycare is going on and on about going to the circus, Telly Monster feels left out, so he lies that his Uncle Tommy is the ringmaster. Unfortunately, Uncle Tommy, Dennis Quaid, awkward as fuck, appears in person to pick Telly up at daycare, but is not a ringmaster, has none of the accoutrement of ringmastery, and is not backing Telly's play 
even a little. After an interstitial storytime dream sequence involving Elmo and the boy who cried wolf and a handful of C-plus sing-alongs, plot twist, Uncle Tommy is actually an astronaut, and hey, that's NASA calling on a shoebox-sized flip phone right now. The mission to Franticos Mugatron is go. Don't forget the gold record <laughs> with Buckwheat Zydeco edged on it. Ooh, I love you like a big love scorn. Hey! After the credits, Dennis delivers a message to parents along the lines of, look, little kids just make shit up, it is what it is, that kind of undercuts the entire preceding 28 minutes, in my opinion, possibly because those 28 minutes seem to last longer than that. Do you feel that I've missed anything? I do not, and I do want to applaud the fact that you included Zydeco somehow. <laughs> <laughs> the streak is alive. I know. There was, like, I, I heard a squeeze box on one of these songs, and I was like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> All right, there's no contemporary reviews of this, uh, I assume. I confess that I didn't even look for any, <laughs> because this kind of content exists outside of reviewing, in my opinion. Having endured a fair amount of kids' product, my brother is enough younger than me that, like, I went through sort of like a generation and a half of Sesame Street at Al and, like, you know, PBS kids' shows. But we were both well before Elmo's reign of fucking terror. But, you know, I have nibblings, I am familiar with what they watch. This was fine. This was fine. There's been so much worse. Caillou. Yeah. Yeah. You actually have a child. Was this unbearable or relatively bearable? Well, I do have a review from the child, which is oh. that he forgot his oxygen tank. So the whole astronaut thing didn't really work for him. He was just, he called bullshit on that immediately. Okay. You know, he's six, but he's like, he doesn't have the right equipment. <laughs> I mean. But, but he was properly engrossed by it in the way that you would hope he would. He didn't want to watch it with me. I made him put down <laughs> his, his little Kindle where Attaboy. he was doing, you know, whatever mental crack thing the kindle lets him do and he protested for a couple of minutes and then he settled down and watched the whole thing and you know he's at an age where the boy who cried wolf is a useful story to employ still mm -hmm. and uh, it it kept his attention and i didn't sit there going like i want to kill you i want to kill you i want to kill you which <laughs> right. i do feel when i watch a lot of children's programming because it is like you're just in the land of pod people yeah that works when you you're talking to a kid that kind of address and that 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 relentless positivity but obviously as an adult you've just seen too much shit to put up with that anymore right so by watching it through him i, I you know and and having had to go through all this other stuff as a, a parent consuming uh children's media it was pretty good if you're going to sit down with your kid and watch a lesson about lying you could do a lot worse go for it yeah did your parents have extremely strict rules about just sort of like a constellation of noises and mouth sounds including really screaming like legit screaming the use of the word help and calling things emergencies or was that just just my mom who was like don't fucking do that i can't <laughs> i can't be here for that no um my family was very much on board with that kind of thought like you do not abuse help you do not abuse emergency right. any of those things and in my case like I know at one time I joked about drowning and, and like my mom was like, yeah, uh, you know, your, your cousin Dave and Tim and, and Liz and, and Andy. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, well, they used to have a brother. 
do you know what happened to him? And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm never doing that again. Like, that's really traumatic. Don't joke about drowning when you're hanging out with family who've literally witnessed their brother die. Yikes. So, yeah. yeah. And that, that really kind of brought that down. We also lived like, you know, I, I would say like, oh, you know, mom, help. And we lived in a, a house that was surrounded by rattlesnakes. It was on one of these dry canyons in California. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom would have to go out in the morning with a big janitor broom and periodically brain a couple so that the dogs could go outside. So like, yeah, those are words you do not fuck around with. Because mom and dad are going to have a heart attack. Yeah. I think this actually packed in two different lessons in here. Like, the boy who cried wolf is sort of a, it's not exactly don't lie. It's more like, don't be a drama queen. Or when there's real drama, no one will believe it. So, I mean, I was fairly impressed with that. And um, I also kind of enjoyed, and this was something that my parents always liked about, uh, about Sesame Street product. Like there are sheep in this and my parents still talk about there being a character named Meryl Sheep back in the 70s. And uh, so here's uh, one of the kind of take my kid, please um, humor that uh, they're kind of sneaking it in because they just assume like the kids, they're not going to supply the rim shot. But uh, if the parents are in the room, like here's something for the grownups. Yep, I'm Leo. And I'm in charge of all these sheep. Yeah, yeah, these sheep are mutton without me. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I paused it to explain that one because I, I laughed and I was like, okay, here's how this pun works. Yeah. And then when we got to the pull the wool over their eyes later, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let me explain this idiom to you. Mm-hmm. Total mark for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we got to rate this on a scale of one to ten and uh, grading it on a curve. It took a while for things to happen, but I sort of had forgotten this aspect of children's programming, which is like, right, it's not for you, you know, to be at your desk like, Jesus, this is so predictable. Like it, okay, old lady, <laughs> who, fu- who fucking asked? Speaking of mutton, no one, no one rang your buzzer. So um, yeah, I'd give this a, given the amount of Elmo content, I'm going to give this a seven. That's where I am, too. It, I think it is good children's programming. But to me, the big hole in its swing is the fact that the premise is Telly tells a lie about his uncle thinking his uncle's going to be really cool. And it's a funny joke. And they do play with it at the end in a way where you're like, wait a minute, why would he be ashamed of his uncle being a literal astronaut right. who goes to the moon all the time? But it also as a lesson of you don't have to be, you don't have to tell lies to make your life and things about it more interesting. Your friends are going to care about you, who you are, period. If your fallback truth is, well, okay, he's not a member of the circus. He goes to the moon. There's a really narrow band of kids who can work with that. <laughs> you know, like, you know if, you, if your dad is like just a hydrologist, you know, maybe telling the truth is going to be a little bit scarier. And so it would have been nice as much as I enjoyed that joke, if it had been a more practical, well, this is what my, my uncle really does because then, you know, you're watching something like the stigma that a kid's going to go through. Yeah. You know, your dad doesn't drive a car that goes 200 miles an hour. Your dad drives a Tercel. Yeah. What do you do when your dad drives a Tercel and you told this kind of lie about, you know, the hot rod or the Ferrari that he has. So that's, that's the little bit, but I mean, in terms of like, hooking a kid, keeping it, making sure the lesson is, is sort of told three times. So you're getting, mm-hmm. here's what the lesson is. Here's the lesson. Here's what the lesson was all nicely done. 
entertaining enough. And that's even before we get to like the like enjoying the fact that Quaid busts out the cell phone that will automatically go dead the minute Scully realizes where the killer really is. <laughs> I I was tempted to check to see if he was wearing white tights because that was an extremely Scully cell phone. <laughs> yeah. You make a really good point though about it being like how many kids are going to get to sort of distract from the lie with actual like NASA personnel showing up. <laughs> like n not that many. But I was also like, I was distracted through part of this because there's this guy named Paul Bender who was a co-founder and the ringmaster for many years of the Big Apple Circus. And people would come up to my father in airports and be like, you know, I love that thing that you do with the geese. And my dad's like, I work at First Boston. What are you talking about? And then they would explain <laughs> like, oh, you're not Paul Bender. So, but like it was the 80s, but this happened many times. Like almost every time my father was at any baggage claim, someone would come up to him and be like, aren't you Paul Bender? And he's like, no. And then our running joke as a family is that whatever airport Paul Bender is at, people would be <laughs> People are walking up to him like, oh, Dave Bunning, fixed income, right? And he's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> so there was like, we finally went to the cir this circus as a family because we'd seen a billboard with this dude on it. And it was like, they even had the same teeth. Like, it's creepy. And my dad went up to him and was like, eh? And Paul Bender's like, I don't see it. Anyway, I'll, I'll put this in the visual aids. But like... <laughs> I did manage to find pictures where it's like uncanny and they didn't age exactly the same. But if my dad still had his old glasses, it would be it would be uncanny. But I just kept thinking about this uh, about this where it's like, well, do you have a hat in the the red coat? And I'm like, you know, if you want to be mistaken for a ringmaster, you actually don't have to do anything but look kind of like a waspy Elliot Gould because that's all it took for my dad. <laughs> If the person that you're told you're the doppelganger of doesn't buy into it, it's it sucks. I like I like I wound up judging a debate yeah. round once with a kid who looked like the 14 year old me. And I just went up to him afterward and I was like, people, you know, because I've been judging this tournament for like three days and people were like, dude, your brother is here. And I'm like, I don't have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him. I was like, huh? Huh? And he's like, hmm. And I was like. Fuck you, pal. You just say yes. Just, yeah. I'm never going to bother you again. Yeah. <laughs> we like, live 13 hours apart. It's fine. God. Yeah. It really was like, you know, roustabouts, like clowns are walking by like, holy shit, is that your brother? And Paul Bender's like, no, obviously we don't look alike. And literally everybody else was like, obviously they do. Just smile, take a picture, get on with your day. It's not that big a deal. It's not hideous. Anyway. Maybe he knew your dad was a changeling, you know, because he's he's circus folk, right? Like maybe they they maybe swap the baby out, and he's like, I don't want to share any of my big, you know, my big tent money. I mean, my big tent pile with this guy. If, you know, if I prove that he's my brother. Yeah, I we spent a lot of car trips, like wool gathering the backstory of how they were twins separated at birth, and I was like, finally, my chance to get on unsolved mysteries. It never happened. You're aiming low. I thought you were going to be like, finally, my chance to hang out with more tigers. <laughs> I mean, their animals are pretty small. It's a, I mean, it is a small circus. Wow, we're really, we're really far 
a field. Yeah, we're like padding out. Like this, we only had to watch 30 minutes. We got like five <laughs> things to say about it. Uh, vamp, vamp. All right, nope. I, I think I've got a segue though. It's it's not great. It's no, it's no trapeze art, but sp- speaking of things that are leathery. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Try the yep. elephant. It's delicious. Um, so the <laughs> the quaintiness of of this project, this is going to be one that's very hard to gauge because he does not show up until 10 minutes before the end. He is altered. In some way. He did insist when the first musical numbers were happening, I was like, how has Quaid not showed up yet? Like, obviously, he only agreed to do this if he could sing. Well, he does sing. I have a number of questions and grave concerns about whatever accent is trying to happen here. I also have some theories about what's going on, but let's listen to clip three. You should have zipped your lip, but hey, you told a doozy. A whopper that's so big that you're feeling kind of woozy. But there's a way to make your friends forgivers and forgetters. You can't take it back, but you can make it much better. How, Uncle Tommy, how? <clears throat> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my, my grand unifying theory of whatever the fuck that is. Can wait. Jeb, your thoughts. <laughs> I noticed that too. I was like, hey, I'm Uncle Tommy from the Bronx. And it's just, I don't know what he decided he was doing. Like, I know that Sesame Street is set in New York, but he can just sound like Dennis Quaid. And then ultimately he did for a while and then kind of brought back those harsh starts of his words for a little bit. But it's like, this isn't, I mean, I know this is like a guy and dolls, but this isn't guys and dolls. (laughs) Oh, guy and dolls. I want to be mad at that, but I can't be. All right, so (laughs) here is my theory. Telly Monster, at the end of this clip, the wail of like, oh, I immediately went to the following place. Take me home. I promise I will not make noise or mess the house with other boys oh please don't make me stay i've been here one whole day uh dearest fada darling mother that's my <laughs> precious little broda i have had that song in stuck in my head since pulling that clip it's going to be in there for another conservatively 72 hours i'm not all that mad at that either um march is Lisa at Camp Granada? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and then sometimes I mix in the lyrics from the Downey commercial from when we were kids because I have watched more TV than even I think. So I think that that energy was just happening on the set and Quaid just like accent sponged not only telly, but... Also, this like Alan Sherman, we're about to organize a searching party situation that and the way it comes out, though, is this accent that is a blend of Brooklyn and frankly, Zydeco. That is a lot of New Orleans natives accents in my experience Mm -hmm. that it's like this weird it's just like riding this really weird edge of both. I can report 
later in the same sequence that dancing is not a way of life on the Sesame Street set for everyone. I mean, that was some like 16 candles guy with the headgear <laughs> movement that, that was happening. I know they're all Muppets and they're all kind of a crotch height and you're feeling awkward, but just no, have a better plan. <laughs> I mean, his his attire kind of bespeaks a like, I forgot that I had to do this and, <laughs> and I got a car at the last minute and I, <laughs> I showed up wearing my umbrella as a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to shave using shirt cardboard. This isn't good. Yeah, oh, I mean, it is, it is very much just sort of like I stepped in off the street and they were like, what are you doing right now? Like <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, he didn't have a plan there. And he also seemed to be uncertain that he would he should join in in the chorus like a couple times when you've got the Muppets foregrounded and they're, they're singing. He's like kind of joining in and then going like, nope. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, what's the teacher's name? Gina. Gina. Gina is like, you know, Gina works there. She gets what she's supposed to do. She's like, but not a great dancer either, but like has the con the courage of her convictions. And he's just like pointing. And then there's some Twyla. It's, I don't know. <laughs> like as, as someone who is not natural around children either, I, f I feel compassion for him. And it's like, just put him in the car and take him to the track like Aunt Dodo does. This is. This is not that hard. Temporary tattoos and cotton candy. It's not a big deal. It's an hour. Uh, you know, I don't want to problematize the the rating on the Quaid qua Quaid, but like, shouldn't technically this be a 10? I mean, because he's, I mean, it's he's playing, well, he's playing somebody else. So I guess, all right, no. I mean, I, I don't know why I was thinking like it should be, you know, he's playing Dennis Quaid, but like, yeah, he's Uncle Tommy. Yeah. But, but the whole appeal is Dennis Quaid. But then he's Dennis Quaid, and then there's a nod to astronaut shit that he's done as dennis quaid right but also he's only in it a third of it mm -hmm. he given that the sort of um colonel with a q i guess of quaidosity is like a pg-13 on the border of an r-rated vulpine-ness that's not called for here at all although now i feel like they missed an opportunity to have him play the wolf Right. And and that was what, like, I, I honestly thought that maybe he was going to be the, the singer for the wolf. Yeah. And then also come out and, you know, be him and, and, you know, teach a lesson. And maybe, you know, we'd find out that he was the wolf or, you know, and maybe they wouldn't acknowledge it at all. But I thought maybe that would be uh, an opportunity for them. Like, I don't like I personally do not want to see a guy who's like, listen, I'm here to pick up my kid, but you're the daycare worker. Bada boom. You know, yeah. but like I was kind of expecting a like. Hey, Gina, what are you uh, doing later when, you know, all, all these like puppets are no longer around? He did. He was like dancing in Gina's direction and she had just had her back to him the whole time. She's like, nope, not fucking with that. This is a kid show. <laughs> oh, I don't, I, it, it didn't seem that. Tar I mean, there was like a couple of swishes of the hips where he was sort of like, hey, he, and I'm here, too. And so are you. But then he also just sort of so much of it was just sort of dad caught on the video camera at the wedding. <laughs> There are aspects of it that are extremely quaidy, like the, you know, insistence on singing and the fact that he at the end is playing himself. And then there's the astronaut part and he's trying to do a lot, 
Possibly because the coffee hit like partway through whatever he's doing when he blasts off into space without any oxygen. Thank you, science coordinator. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is not Quady, really. I'm going to say a three. I, yeah, I was going to say about a two because I, I don't think there wasn't enough targeted movement of the ilium toward Gina to, to bring it up. <laughs> Like it was just sort of, God. you got a little, maybe a little rascally glance and a little swish there. And then otherwise like, yeah, you know, other, otherwise I'm sitting there going like this man never asked himself why uncle Tommy wants to go to the moon. You know, there's no motivation. <laughs> I think the use of the word ilium and in the context of a kid's show means we're in violation of something. So I'm going to... Instead of exploring that, clarify, did you say that you were giving it a three, two, or you're giving it a two? I'm giving it a two. You're giving it a two. All right. Yeah. A little lower. Just a hair. That sounds about right. So I'm set. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could give you a couple minutes on the fact that the sheep puppets at, at the end during his monologue about how kids just make shit up sometimes are all basically like doing the slide the hand up the thigh move. Mm -hmm. I know they're puppets, but like, that seems awkward. Is there an intimacy coordinator? <laughs> I'm sorry, are you saying that's bad or? Did, did you just say bad? Is that, is that what happened? I, I did. Thank you very much, folks. We gotta go. I've called the police. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> next time on Quaid in Full. Happy New Year to you in jail. It's it's actually gang related. In the meantime, Gina's not going to read these to you, so check out the show notes for yourself and follow the podcast on Twitter at QuaidInFullPod. Wondering when your favorite Quaid joint is getting covered or want to advertise on a specific film or TV show's episode, DMs are open. Or you can get even more content at our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Quaid in Full is hosted by Sarah D. Bunting, that's me, and Jed Lund, and edited by Jed Lund. Don't subscribe yet? You turnip. Go sign up wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review Quaid in Full so other people can find it. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. And to find out what to do when things don't work out like we planned. 